Just Being Honest, the JBH Podcast. Let's rock this. True food, full thought. Today's podcast is brought to you by The Buttermilk Co. Guys, Thanksgiving is coming. I cannot even believe it's already November. So, I have a special treat for you. A treat for your little taste buds. Now, until Thanksgiving, you get 15% off your entire first purchase of $20 or more by using code JBH15 at checkout. Guys, write that down. JBH15 at checkout. So stock up on those Thanksgiving essentials of your garam masala, your kitchari, your rice is on tap. Have an Indian delight. So, that's my treat to you. On to the show today. I am screaming, screaming at the top of my lungs, in my head, in my heart, and in my soul for our next guest. Guys, when our next guest imagined herself as a 90-year-old woman, she didn't see herself sitting behind the desk she had currently called her job. Yeah, she was in the finance world in New York City, the big city. Long hours left with little spiritual payout. This triggered the born leader to begin her side hustle, quote unquote. Do you have a side hustle? Well, listen up. Little did she know that this simple passion would be the key to her entrepreneurial story. She started with dinner parties, simple as that. The first being in a communal gym space below her apartment building. Her goal was to lift others up and help them cultivate their so-called side hustles as well. This is how Founder Made was born. Founder Made, a company that hosts curated summits to help inspiring lifestyle brands grow. Megan is the star of the show. I call her the mother of the ship. She has created a flourishing company made off of empowering others. And not to mention, her summits are what I call, get ready, the Apple Store of trade shows. They're clean, crisp, clear, and just oh so invigorating. Megan is a true leader, and she does it all while training for her marathons. Yes, marathons. You heard me. She wakes up at 4.30 a.m. to run before work. What? Yeah. So her goal is on that to run one marathon, I think she said in every country. Listen up, you're going to want to hear these details. Megan is a giver to her friends, her family, and those involved in the entrepreneurial community. But her main key to success in maintaining balance is to always be present for yourself first. You're not going to want to miss this episode. It's episode 40. Let's celebrate. So, on to the show. You guys just turned on the Just Being Honest podcast. We're diving in deep. Ciao. Hi, guys. This is your host, KB. And this is, wow, oh my gosh. Can we start over? Your host, KB to the BBB. This is the Just Being Honest podcast. Oh my gosh, it's Monday. It's been super fog. I know on my last podcast I was talking about the super fog, but it is super, super, super fog today. 
And I was driving to swim practice this morning. I didn't even, I couldn't even tell I was going down a hill. It was the most crazy spatial awareness, like going down a roller coaster and stomach dropping. But my stomach is dropping in more than one way today because we have an amazing guest on the show. The Just Being Honest Show. This is your health, nutrition, and lifestyle manifestation coach. We have a very special guest. Her name is Miss Megan. Miss Megan Asha. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly because I like to give everyone's name some flair because, you know, I'm from Kansas. Um, but she is the, haha, <laughs> play on words, the founder of Founder Made. And if you guys don't know a little bit about Founder Made, you're going to know a lot a bit about Founder Made when we start talking. So get your notepads out because you have a lot to learn. Without further ado, Miss Megan, welcome to the JBH podcast. How are you? Welcome. Thank you. Okay. So you are in, are you in New York City right now? Manhattan. We are in the Soho office of the founder made Soho offices on Broadway and Prince. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is really awesome because I'm in Manhattan and you're in Manhattan, but we're on separate coasts. So I'm in Manhattan Beach and she's in the big city. I would like the weather on Manhattan Beach over the weather that's happening in October in New York City. Wait, so what's going on right now since we're talking about weather and start of the show? I mean, you know, it's raining. Ugh. It's 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 cold. If you're a runner, and I run, yes. so if you yep. run early morning runs, yeah. they're not as pleasant as they were in the summer. Let's mm. just just be on it. Just being honest just, over here. Just being on. But on bunch. No, honey, I hear you on those runs. Like even like lately, I'm like I start my run all bundled up because I'm like, oh, it's cold, and then I'm like shedding layers. I hear you. We gotta run sometime. I know. I'd love that. I'd love mm. that. So. Guys, the first time I met Megan, I went to her consumer discovery show in Santa Monica. I told you a little bit about that because I had one of her guests at the show on our podcast, uh, The Buttermilk Co., Miss Mitra Raman, and that product was amazing. But I met so many influential um, entrepreneurs there. They're all just like glowing everywhere you go passion everywhere and Megan is the one that put all of that together so we're going to share her story today so Megan let's just like kick it off a so founder made it's kind of um it's where you you can correct me if I'm wrong discover consumer brands and kind of bring them more to life than they are so it's kind of like I'm going to use this as a little um kind of scenario artists artists you know, aren't always like, yeah, I'm amazing, and this is my art, and it's worth this much, and I'm going to sell for that much. They're like, yeah, no, I mean, this is what, this is my thing, and like, you can, you can have it, you know, it's a gift for you. So you are the engine behind them saying, you're amazing, and you are worth something, and everyone else needs to see you, and these are some backgrounds and some investors that can help you, and, you know, these are your people. So... Without further ado, let's go back to your childhood because I want to know if you were, well, not always back, but I always like to get people's childhood. Were you always a leader when you were a child? Like, were you always like captain of the kickball team or, or how did it go? 
I think I was Little Miss Bossy. Yes. So definitely had that whole thing happening where I was the oldest of four kids. And I think I was I was five years in between me and my in the second, um, my, my younger sister. And I think I thought I was the only child and just was bossing everybody around. So, uh, yes, I was super type A. If I didn't get, if I didn't test into a class that I wanted to, like I skipped fourth grade. What? I I thought that the kids were too immature. I mean, I really had a whole experience happening. Um, But, um, but but then, and then I was like, I was, I was never the best dancer, but I was both, I always got the coach award, most spirited. I'm definitely the most spirited. Um, And then, yeah, I was, I definitely was, was uh, leads in the school play. I, I like I like getting involved in a lot of different things. I, so <laughs> that was my childhood. Okay, so that was your childhood. You were pretty much like gung-ho, cannonball, let's do this. How were your so – you had four four kids in your family. How were your parents influential on, like, your your spirit and your zest for life? Were they – was so there my, a lot of pressure or – It was a combination. So my dad came from India with a backpack and nothing else, and he became an entrepreneur. Wow. When I was two years old, so he was working for I for um, Hewlett Packard, and he bought like a, a a patent that they were going to throw away for this technology company. He bought a patent for a couple thousand dollars and turned it into like a hundred million, like some crazy company wow. that ended up being being traded on the Nasdaq in the nineties. Wow! So that whole journey of watching him, you know, watching us, you know, start off living in an apartment, then a house, and a house next to Barry Bonds' house when his when his company, you know, went public watching and then us losing our house like an entrepreneur watching that and seeing my dad as an entrepreneur is why I created founder made and why it's really important for for us as a, as a company to spread the luck and to basically discover all the best consumer brands and consumer innovations and help them build through getting them retail distribution getting them you know investors creating that and leveraging that platform of you know we've created a very lucky amazing trade show um or summit or out of out of what we're doing and and we're just expanding on that platform and that mission yeah for sure oh my gosh wow that's quite an experience i mean even seeing your father you wow that's uh, hands down i'm an entrepreneur we have something to prove it's 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 about the journey and the climb and and how how high you can climb the summits girl you're going um, so, high so we, we just we're just getting started we're about two years old and you know we have a very big mountain that we're climbing right but, now in yeah, terms of but, goals but you are exploding but i want to share with everyone as a dog licks my leg <laughs> as we're talking um that's always creepy um so you did not start off as an entrepreneur you maybe mentally were an entrepreneur but i believe weren't you working corporate before you started founder made tell us about that story briefly so my first job in new york city was i worked as an analyst at a technology focused hedge fund wow. where i was one of two girls in the morning meetings uh it's like 20 oh my god 25 and it was it was like really an interesting it was a lot of um let's just say wall street men Mm. And, you know, it was, it was a totally different environment. I had put, you know, people, these guys were all like making, you know, crazy amounts of money. It was, it was, you know, the guy was like the richest Sri Lankan who, who um, was our, was, was the head of the firm and learned a lot about integrity because he ended up going to jail. 
I mean, it was a whole experience. Um, oh. and, I, and so you learn like money can't buy you integrity. No, I would much rather build a business that is built on integrity and being of your word and like working hard and, you know, not all customers are going to be satisfied, but we really try and we're, we're, we are, you know, as, as open as possible to feedback so we can get better, you know, every time we do these summits and every time we, um, you know, are helping our clients. Yeah. That's quite, seriously, I completely agree with that money cannot buy you integrity. You know, I was talking to my mom about something, and I may not be swimming in money right now, but I'm building the framework for my dream of what I love, my voice, my truth. And guys, honestly, my side hustle, I walk dogs, and I house it, and I love that. You know, because it gives me the opportunity to do what I love. And and I'm a scrapper. Like, I'm and a scrapper. And by the way, the side hustle, I think, because I've been, I've been an entrepreneur in different, different ways. So when I, after, after I worked corporate, then I went in full time and, you know, became an entrepreneur, raised money, did the whole thing. And those those businesses were fine. We sold them. They were fine. When I started FounderMade, it actually was my side hustle. I started off doing this as a dinner series just for fun. And mm-hmm. I was juggling two jobs while I was, while I was building FounderMade. And it was a labor of love. It was the thing that I loved the most. And I was just doing it as, as you know, my side hustle, jug- not thinking it was going to be a business. And these dinners turned into bigger dinners. And then the dinners turned into uh, evening conferences. And then the dinners turned into bigger conferences. Or the conferences turned into bigger conferences. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And then the dream kept getting bigger and bigger because we'd bring on more A-plus people that would work with us, more amazing brands, and we would learn more about the industry that we were actually working in that we all of a sudden just, you know, found ourselves in and getting even, you know, advisors that have done, you know, 100x times the the um, dream that I had initially set out for. So um, it's really cool to, you, you never know. And, and when all, when people, was, when entrepreneurs come to me and they're like, my idea is really small or I have a small idea, I say, listen, look around you. Everything that has ever been built started with a small idea. Yeah. There's no, there's no idea that's small. Like humans are freaking amazing and the, the human spirit and doing what you love there's an energy around that that turns into something if you persevere through it and you just keep going and you're a good person and you operate with integrity and you figure out, you know, you, a problem and you find it, you find a way to solve it. I, I, I really, truly believe that. Yeah. There's no s- small ideas. I, I'm almost to tears because I have this notebook that I have so many ideas and I'll say it to like someone or another and they're like, oh, cool, you know, and it's like, but no, it could be really amazing. Like I say that in my head and then I'm like, but really, is it? Because they don't think it is. It's that same thing. And there's people But that's why like, you have to be around the right people that exactly. aren't sitting there saying, oh, cool. Like it's, it's, you want to be around people to, like the people I surround myself with, even though I don't see them that often because we're all so busy and we're all entrepreneurs, like building our dreams. Mm-hmm. When I see them, like a pile from class passes is a great example. I love her because she's, she always thinks even bigger. She's like, okay, a billion dollar company. No, I want a multi-billion dollar company. Every time I remember seeing her throughout her, her career, she'd be on a panel and then I'd see her after. She's like, I think I want to make class pass a billion dollar. Now her, her class pass is valued at like crazy. It's probably one, one of the highest valuation companies, you know, in the tech space, high growth. And, you know, she's, you know, she's as a female founder has raised more money than any other you know, female founder out there. It's, it's like pretty exceptional. And 
the thing I love about being around those types of people that have that big dreams or those big dreams is she's like, Megan, you want a hundred million dollar company? Oh, you'll do it. Oh, you know, like you're there. Everyone's they're operating from a state of like such abundance yeah. that it never, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like they're looking at you like, Oh, that's a small idea. They're, they're always thinking about new ideas. They're always being visionary and they're supporting the people around, around them. Like, And I think it's through their actions, through their words, and through what they are building. I love that. I love that. So let me step back. How did you go from, okay, A, tell us about your first dinner party and what, like, what was your idea? You're like, I'm going to throw a dinner party. Or like, you, you, I assume, did you fund it all? Were you like, come on over, peeps, like five people? Or like, how did it go? (laughs) No, it's great. It's a great question. So, um, so I was working two jobs and I was miserable. It was after business school and I was seeing a business therapist and I, and, uh, a business this therapist. Yeah. This business therapist is amazing. Only in New York. Is Dr. Frank Mario. He helped one of my friends who company who he was in tech and it was, um, he, he was bankrupt. He was living in his office. He was, um, this is Dr. Frank Mario, M-A-U-R-I-O, Mario, um, he was living, so just as a side, side story, one of my friends was living on his couch as a tech entrepreneur and had failed a couple of times in business and basically was showering at the gym, living in his office, and he started seeing Dr. Frank. And Dr. Frank coached him to the point where he turned his technology company into a publicly traded technology company, and he, like, has crushed it. And he's, like, one of the most successful, you know, tech entrepreneurs in New York City now. What? So He mentally so shit? Was saw, it a mental yeah, shift? I went and I saw Dr. Mario um, when I was confused with, like, my after my first startup. And he came, and he basically got me to think I, at first I was like, I don't need to go to business school. I'm an entrepreneur. And then I realized that there were certain things that I need to do as a confidence builder to go to business school. Mm -hmm. And it was, I didn't think I was capable. There's all these like little stories in my head about, you know, I couldn't get into an Ivy league, you know, business school, blah, 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 like all these things. I'm not smart enough, whatever it was. And, um, he coached me to do that because that was part of the dream that I wanted to create. Um, and again, like school, not school, like it, it doesn't really matter. It's, but it's the dream. He helps you get to what that goal is. And so, um, and then anyway, so, so I started doing these dinners. I was miserable after business school. I was like still trying to, I was still searching. I'm like, I'm sitting as a VC. I know I'm not ready to just be a VC. I know I have a company in me. I know I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur and an op- operator, but I don't know what it is. And I said, okay, well, since I'm like, since I'm depressed, I want to, I'm going to start this dinner series and I'm just going to call it founder made. And, um, and the, the question I asked myself is when you're 90, what will make you happy? And this is what, this was the answer. I'm like, these dinners make me happy. I don't know why I'm just going to, I'm just going to follow the breadcrumbs. I'm going to start doing these dinners. The first dinner was at the, there was a gym underneath my, in my apartment complex. Uh, and there was like a little, you know, communal space. And so basically we started, we, I did like a 20 or 30 person dinner at this like communal place. I think there's like step aerobics class happening at the same time. <laughs> and, um, and it really like, it just started, it, it started so organically. And I remember my friends, one of my good girlfriends, I said, I don't know what this is. This isn't a business. Why am I even spending time on it? You know, I'm calling it founder made. I have no idea. I'm just going to do 12 dinners. And she goes, Megan, just follow the, the breadcrumbs. She's like, don't judge it. This is something that makes you happy. This is like what you're supposed to be doing in the world. Don't judge it. And I like still thank the people that 
have like continued to like always on that path when you're doubting yourself you want to surround yourself with the people that are rooting for you and mm-hmm. see the potential or just want to be your supportive friends yeah. and um and so yeah it, it just started and they were and I and I juggled two jobs for like a year and a half and we were doing conferences at that point and then we looked back and we we're like oh we made some real revenue and but I didn't really still I still didn't think it was like a real business I still thought it was like a hot side hustle um and then uh, there was just like little things that would happen. Like we got this crazy office space for like, and there it was the cheapest office space all in Soho. There's no way that anybody should have ever sold this office space for the amount that we pay. <laughs> and, and, um, and so it was like the, the universe or whatever, like, you know, when people say like, when you finally commit to things, then all of a sudden the doors open yes. and the universe kind of flows and, and, and especially, I think it's not only committing to things, but also persevering through things and showing that commitment because you're going to always doesn't matter where you are in business there's always going to be problems so just accept that there's always going to be problems but whether you're a hundred thousand dollar in revenue company versus a million dollar versus a five million versus a hundred million there will always be problems and it's the way that you the only way to get to the next you know whatever the next part of the 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 journey and is to deal with the problems that you have at those certain levels so, um, and, and persevere through it with like positivity, you know, just, yes. just keep going, you know, we, we've, we've had that and, and we continue to have that because it's, it's part of the journey. So, so I completely agree with that because you basically, Mr. Doctor, you manifested these things. He helps you manifest. Can you tell <laughs> us like what some of the activities were? Like, what were some of the activities to take you into that, like, that mindset of, like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start this business. I'm going to really gung-ho with it. Like, what, what were some of the activities that you had to do? Was it just journaling? Was it, like, going out and meeting people? Like, what was I think it's actually thing? just doing it. I think you have to, you have to just commit to doing it, even if it's in a small way. So you start small and you actually just take those actions. Like, I remember I was, when I was juggling the two jobs, I was cold calling God knows how many exhibitors and brands like in the side, in, in the elevator area, I was taking calls. Like, in the, I mean, you have no idea. Like during, I was traveling 150 days that year because I was doing business development. I was working at the venture capital firm and I was on, on as my side thing. I was like calling, doing all founder made stuff, and like so, reaching, sending so emails, doing this, calling? working with our creative director. What? Like, how did you find these people? You just found oh God, them on I like used, convention like, lists? I used, I, I think I probably got lists from Fiverr of like brands. I would email every single person. I would ask all my friends. I would create a host committee. I mean, it was mm-hmm. the, what I would go to the lengths that I would go to, to get this done because I loved it. it and it didn't feel like work because I loved it. So and which you, I'm sure you can relate to, yeah, you know, it doesn't you, feel like work. It's just fun. Yeah. And and it like, still doesn't feel like work. I still like, I walk in every day and I'm like, this is so fun. This is well, work. This wait, is awesome. I can just imagine you like in the elevator. I mean like, um, Hey, you don't know me, but I know you have this brand. Do you want to come over for dinner in the gym? <laughs> Yeah, no, and they're like, really? yeah, sure. Or, but were you were, because I mean, I'm sure you're like, this is an opportunity for you to share your story, your product, and really network. Um, so, were these paid events, or were you just, were they potluck? Like, I'm trying to set the scene. They were, um, so they started off, I think they always made them paid, because I always want to make sure people showed up. Yeah. So, so that was one thing I made sure, even if we, I was doing like a female founders dinner, I would make sure that it was like a $60 ticket pre-ticket, or something like yeah. that. 
Got yeah. it. Oh my gosh, I love this. I hope you took pictures of like the first Oh, we have the whole pictures. I'm happy to send them. Oh, me. yes, you should. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so moving on. We got how you began, but what is, like if you could say what your why is, what is your why? You know, you're working VC and, you know, you're sitting there looking out the window or wherever your office was and you're obviously thinking about other things your founder made. What was that why? I want to help others build. That's my superpower. I love helping other people build. I want that to be on my tombstone. Like she helped other people build. She helped them build themselves. She helped them build through, um, you know, driving commerce and and getting discovered. And, and, and to me, that's like a very, like, it's a life well lived. So this is what I love about FounderMade is because when I walked into the consumer discovery show in Santa Monica, it, it was so clean, crisp and clear. Those are my three C's. It's like a diamond, right? You know, when you're rating a diamond, so clean, crisp, and clear. And that is what me personally, I like to see in a thriving brand. So also then moving on when I would go to booth, to booth, to booth, not only could you see the sparkle in each of the vendor's eyes as they wanted to really present their babies to everyone, but also their brand, the way that it was packaged, the way, you know, the fonts or whatever, it was so innovative. So I'm like, the way that you structure your brand to have those other brands in there, it's very streamlined. Everything is very innovative. It's kind of like, in all honesty, walking into the the Apple store. Cause it's oh, like, I love that. No, it is. Apple store of trade shows. Can we get that as a quote? Apple <laughs> store of trade Apple shows. store of conferences. <laughs> because, honey bear, I have been to many conferences. And a lot of them, you know, they're just like, eh, scruffle, scruffle over here, over there. Yeah, okay. And it's very fuzzy. It's very fuzzy. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's very overwhelming. But your show is very refreshing, which I love because I left with so much zest, which I... And I wasn't bogged down. You know, I've been to somewhere. I'm like, oh, I can't even move. What did I see? Who did I talk to? But I remembered specifically who I talked to. So, yeah, it is the the apple of, what did we say? The apple store of trade trade shows. shows. (laughs) The apple store of trade shows. I'll be a voiceover. (laughs) Next advertisement on TV or something. Um, Yes. So where where are you seeing yourself right now? So you're two years in. What are some of the biggest struggles you've had so far that you can share with us? Um, I mean, well, so one of the struggles, and this was our, it's, first of all, when we were doing this business, we actually didn't realize what, we didn't know what our customers wanted. I had originally built the business thinking, because my first company was close to TechCrunch, so I thought, oh, if we do the TechCrunch model, and if you're familiar with TechCrunch, they have these TechCrunch Disrupt conferences. I helped launch some of them uh, when they first started. And it was the buyer and the seller is the investor and the brand. So I said, okay, we can take that model and we can say the buyer and the seller is the investor and the brand for consumer companies. Mm-hmm. So when we first started, we did investing in wellness conferences. We did investing in food, investing in beauty, and then quickly realized that the exhibitors didn't want – I mean, they love the investors, don't get me wrong, but they really wanted to – they wanted – to meet retailers and meet distributors. And so realized very quickly that, and especially because we scaled really, really quickly in November where we went from like 
uh, my God, like 40 or 50 booths from our beauty summit uh, last June in 2017 to like over 160 brands in our in our consumer discovery show which is our first consumer discovery show in November mm-hmm. and we weren't set up we weren't set up for the trade show we it was it was uh number one our production was not like it was not what you saw <laughs> it was not what we we didn't have like a uh, we, we didn't even know I mean it was it was um my co-founder who, who worked at Google who was like basically producing the event and and you know hadn't hadn't didn't know anything about like you know she just hadn't run a trade show we just didn't know and so um it was it was we were not it, just just it was one of the it was the, on the Saturday that the end the event ended I had some one of the customers had basically uh, CC'd all of us, or sorry, CC'd like 30 of the other customers on the floor, which means all the exhibitors on the floor and basically wrote, you know, founder made, you know, it, it was like basically founder made, like, you know, is a terrible comp, whatever it was, it was a terrible conference. And I had to basically spend like probably two months calling every single unhappy customer and doing make goods for them and get connecting them to retailers. And, you know, the good news is we solve for production immediately. Anytime we heard um, a, an unhappy customer, I'd put them on speaker so the entire office could hear mm-hmm. so that we would just all be very, very clear on what needs to be solved for. Um, and I think that that level of transparency, we still do mm-hmm. that. We still do post post summit calls. We listen to every customer. Are they happy? What, what would you rate this conference? You know, I think it's really important to listen to the people that are helping you build um, and, and, you know, are betting on you when you're an early, you know, you're still a new product on the market. Um, and, and, you know, if they aren't going to sign up for the next summit or they're not going to sign up for your, your, or buy your product again, why and find out why and what can you do to change, change that and, and how can you get them to, to come in again? And, and these are all things that we're, you know, we're, we're still working through. Um, you know, just cause it's, you know, again, like we started off as an investor comp, we'll start off as a dinner series, then an investor conference. Now we've marked morphed into really a trade show. Yeah. Um, you know, with, and I always like a fancy summit, but really at the end of the day, we're a buyer seller conference. So brands are, brands are paying to exhibit and, you know, they're paying to meet retailers and media. Well, you, in, I mean, we've already discuss this but you are the apple store of trade shows let me just say but you are also mama bear you are i mean you're pretty much like well like overseeing all these brands you're mama bear you're you're like you can do it you know it's like a big soccer game and they you know someone's the midfielder over there and you've got the defender and the forward and you're like you can do it you can do it and here's your here's your here's your you know whatever here's the goal the opportunity up there's the grandfather clock um But anyways, so, I mean, someone great once told me, you know, you can write so many business plans, so many plans. You can try to plan, 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 plan. Planning doesn't really work unless you're planning for a camping trip like the itinerary or something. But once you get there, you never know if that bear is going to be there to eat your food, right? So my friend told me, he goes, you know, you can write these foundational plans of what you want your business to look like. You can write all this mumbo jumbo, but in the end, the consumers are going to tell you exactly what they want because folks, we all know that like times are changing and, you know, to sell, to sell a kidney bean, you know, on the market these days, you know, you've got to have a pretty packaging to say like, yeah, this bean is, this bean is a magical bean, you know, it's not just like 
going to a different country and perhaps buying it from the traditional market off the ground. You know, you've got to have it all. So that's why FounderMade is there. It's to kind of be like the little zest, the little halo around the packaging. Um, okay, so I know you're a runner. Um, I know you work very, very hard. I know you travel a lot and you have meetings all the time. You're smiling right now, but I also know that you work in a very stressful you know, high-paced environment. You're in New York City. Um, how do you combat the stress? How do you kind of like put, um, let me just say like, do you kind of put yourself in timeout as in like balance, like time schedule? Like, do you say I'm done after this time or do you just say like, whatever happens? What is your balance and your key to combating stress? Uh, key is waking up early, like super, super early Ooh, what time? Uh, and going, working out every day, every, every morning. Yes. That's it. Wait, what the, time the, do you the wake morning, up? The, I, there's the miracle morning or <laughs> there's actually a book called, uh, the miracle morning, morning for entrepreneurs, which I have on my audible, but, um, it definitely, I think the, the, the early, the rising early, getting your key, like the things that you're most scared of doing, getting those three, you know, one to three things done before you even before 9am is such a huge, huge thing. It's, it's so important to do that. Um, and, and, you know, I think I, I just, am, I'm, I've always been a morning workout person. I, I, I rarely work out after work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I, I use that as like my meditation. So what time do you wake up in the morning? Mm, like naturally five. Yes. Sometimes I like 4.30, I set my alarm. Oh, so. you're like me. I found another one. I'm 4.25 every morning. Yes. Yes. I know. What time do you work out? I work out, like, if I'm swimming, I'm in the pool by 5. Um, you know, if I'm running, it depends how much light there is outside because <laughs> sometimes it's super dark. Um, but, yeah, no, I am literally start working out at 5. It's so beautiful being in L.A., and being able to run down Pacific Coast Highway it's and there's awesome. no cars and I'm running on the streets, guys, and people think I'm crazy. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> who sleeps when the sun, you know, until the sun comes up? I feel so groggy. It's so amazing to get so much stuff done before, as you say, 9 a.m., you know. Um, so, so what are your let – me, let me ask you another thing because we all know, at least I know, that um, – you know, stress in the brain, stress in the gut, they both talk to each other hand in hand. And I try to strive to tell my clients and people that ask me, they're like, oh my God, your skin's so clear and you're so happy and you're so awake and you blah, 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 blah. And I, I say, you know, it does have to do with your, your gut brain connection has to do with what you eat and what you put in your body. So do you have like an entrepreneur, like, like really like food for thought? Let's just say food for thought. Do you have like like a, I don't want to say a diet regimen, but, and I'm not going to, I try not to label certain diets because we're so off key with that these days, but do you have a certain kind of like food group that you eat, let's say, that keeps you clear-minded, energized, and ready to take on the next day, get your runs in, whatever? I love that. So there's, I mean, it's not, I'm, we're pretty, I'm like pretty basic in terms of what we, because we have a full kitchen at our office, and so... 
Um, and also we have, it's a fourth floor walk up in Soho. So most people, they don't even want to, they just want to like, well, just like cook for the office. Um, so I've gone more plant-based. Yeah. So anything that's like greens, I mean, I'm not entirely plant-based. Like I still like have my certain, like, like those foods that when you've had a bad day, you just kind of want to have, oh. mm. um, which is like enchilada Souza from Lupe's East LA. Uh, but I do, I do primarily do plant-based and then, um, there's these like lentils at Trader Joe's cause black lentils that, oh, that, that um, Rick, yeah, the rich roll had, had suggested, but we've been, we've been like eating those for years. So it's, they're amazing. They're amazing. These black lentils. I love that. Okay. So the black lentils, I, they're, I call them beluga lentils and they are guys, they're literally the caviar of the legume. <laughs> All right, they're the caviar, the legume. Another thing I'm really into because I'm I'm purely plant based is um, I'm really into like fiber right now, like natural fiber, like how you prepare your beans. And if you like beans, girl, I'm talking Jacob's cattle beans, 27 grams of fiber. Woo! That'll get you going. No, but it keeps you fuller longer and it gives you so much energy. So yeah. Megan is a really great proponent of saying that, you know, like food for thought, it really does make a difference on how you're going to be bossing yourself through the day. Because if you're going to eat sluggish food, you're really going to have those midday slumps. So I think that's really important. Thank you for sharing that with our guests. But yeah. And then there's also this tea that I just got and oh, I got, yes. I'm getting everybody hooked on the office for it's called Bengal spice tea and it has oh. no sugar and no caffeine. And it tastes, it, it actually tastes sweet. So it's like a cinnamony, like sweet drink, but there's no sugar in it. It's like, it's a uh, celestial season, seasonings, okay. but it's, it's the Bengal spice. Happy to share. Um, you know, like, I'm, a, I just really, and we're going through like cartons of it right now and you can have it cold, hot. It's really very I am a teaaholic. As you notice, I'm drinking tea right now too. Like, seriously, tea 24-7. I've gotten a second-degree burn from boiling hot water. Like, I am a teaaholic. I'm drinking uh, red rooibos right now. So I have, yeah, my face. But I've got to try the Bengal spice no, tea. No, this is going to rock your world. It's going to change your whole I love a cinnamon. I love it's, a cinnamon. It's like a sweet cinnamon candy. Oh, yes. Uh, one that I really like is the licorice spice from um, Organic India. You might like that one, too. I know we're going to be swapping teas. I just know it. Um, okay. So, um, let me think. So you're two years in, where do you hope to see yourself? What's coming up next on the, the tarmac? I mean, there's so much, so we're going to be launching a membership, which will be huge for us. Um, we have a tech platform that we've built to connect the retailers and the brand. So we'll be launching that. Um, we're putting together a lot of different like media, um, and content initiatives and then we're just scaling our shows um, and, and we're going to be doing a CEO summit as well so it's like a huge huge list of uh, things that we are we are scaling and doing and growing and learning and winning we're winning I yeah, yeah girl you're winning you're like gold. we're winning because we get we're above the ground and we get to work hard on something we love that's that's the win outcomes, love, outcomes aside you're, you know it's it's so cool you're just like this, this amazing light like guys the first time I met Megan like she was just so open arms like oh my god and you should be a part of this too and I'm like you don't even know me like what if I'm like you know, and, and I was just like, this girl's got it. You know, you, you're changing the world and you are 
you're going to be on the cover of Forbes. You're going to be on the cover of the New Yorker, New York Magazine, Time Magazine, all of them. All of them. Um, I can't wait. And I can't wait to stalk you and, like, watch where you go. Um, but what was I going to say? Um, I lost my train of thought. I got so excited. Um, what would you – what would your one advice be um, to someone that maybe is working in a corporate behind a desk – twiddling their thumbs, playing with their fidget spinner and saying, you know, to themselves, I could start something myself. You know, what would you, what would be your words of encouragement for them? Well, I'd say start small. And again, no small idea. There's, and, and I get mine, mine started with a dinner series. I thought this was just going to be something that I just was doing for fun. Uh, It wasn't supposed to be a real business. And, and the (laughs) thing that I think made this so cool is and and made me actually keep executing on it was because I took it more lightly than I did than I did my previous businesses my previous businesses I'd raise money I'd have a co-founder I do all these like things that you know got the fanciest lawyers this thing I started this thing because it was just I loved it and it was just something that made me happy and you know I think people lose sight of you know when, when you start using the word business versus using the word like passion. This is like something that I'm doing. This is like what I love. It, it, it changes the energy and it makes you just do things. It makes you like do it not out of, you don't do things out of fear. You do things out of love and you do things and you, you actually execute out of love, which is a completely different energy. And I think also when you do things out of love, you're a little bit more daring, you know, because you're like, whatever, like it's no big deal, you know? And then you're like, Oh wow, that worked, you know? Um, gosh, Woo. um, okay. So you're, you're doing all this stuff. Do you have, do you have any pets since I'm dog sitting right now? I have to always ask, do you have any pets? I do. I have a cat named Barbara. Barbara. Yeah. Barbara. Barbara Streisand. Uh, Barbara Corcoran. <laughs> no, Barbara Corcoran. It was, she just looked like a barber. It's a male cat named Barbara. So I do have a pet. Aww. Uh, and, and it's, yeah, she's great. Great. I had to ask about that because we always know we have to have a companion by our side. <laughs> and I love also the fact that the girls that you work with, and I'm sure you have males on your team too, um, they're family. I'm sure they're so much like family and they're very close to you. Um, so hands down. And also the other thing is you are another one of the one of the most inspirational female leaders I've talked to thus far on the podcast. I am so empowered by what you have done. And I think everyone needs to hear this. You know, you're talking about class pass and about how it's going to be a multi-billion dollar business. And like, I, do you know how many times I literally look up class? Like, I'm not a part of class pass. I would love to be a part of class pass. I should be a part of class pass. Um, but I, how many times I just look on there because I'm a fitness net, you know, and it's just stuff like that. Like, you keep the wandering, the the curious eye at bay, and you know you're you're making it possible, and you're making it possible for all young females. And I just applaud you for that. And I say, keep going, keep on going. So, got to. With that, <laughs> do you have anything else you want to add? I mean, I think I mean part of this business, and as you're talking about young females, part of this business, and I think part of you know as and it's, it's just, you want to like, part of why I'm doing what I'm doing is to mentor your younger self. 
And so I would just say, be kind to yourself as you're learning. Like all of being a part of being an entrepreneur and part of of doing something new, there's so much learning that comes with it. So just be kind to yourself as you're trying to climb, you're trying to learn a new skill, you're trying to see if your idea works in the world, world. I mean, there were so many times as an entrepreneur, I was way, way too hard on myself. I still am. And it actually takes away from the energy and the and and takes away from the moment of like part of the journey that you're that you're on. So um, that's all I would say is as this young entrepreneurs, female, male, anything like just know that your older self is watching over you. Your 90 year old self is watching over you, smiling and watching you like learn how to walk, you know, learn how to run, learn how to you know d- crush it. Uh, and you just have to be gentle on the journey as you, you know, as you keep building. Accept your passion, accept your side hustle and go for it. You know, because so many people, you know, be like, well, what's your passion? And be like, well, I don't even know. And it's like, well, what do you like to do? What makes you happy? Yeah. You know, take the passion word out of it and just say, what makes you happy? What makes you smile? What makes you laugh every single day? And go from there. Yes. Okay. So, are you tr- a couple a couple of other questions, and we're gonna wrap this baby up. Are you running the New York Marathon next week? I did that uh, like ten years ago, and I love the New York Marathon. I'm actually running the Mount Fuji Marathon what? over Thanksgiving. You're kidding so I, me! I want to run all of the continents <gasps> in like the next year, and so I've done Australia, I've done Paris, I did Patagonia, oh. um, and then Mount Fuji, and then I need to do Africa, and then Antarctica. I love it. Oh my gosh. Will you tell me, uh, oh, I'm going to, I want to track you when you're doing it. I, um, we'll see. It's really, it's really, it's going to be, it's like, I'm there for three days. So so I'm like, I just go in and go out. I do the three day trip, three day marathon trips. Well, still not nice to the body. Oh, (laughs) I know that I've done one marathon and it took me forever. I had to teach myself how to run. Um, but I, I'll talk to you behind the scenes about running, tra- training, running, and all that stuff because I'm very intrigued about how other people do it. Okay. Are you ready for the last question? It's pretty loaded. Go for it. All right. Miss Megan, for a million billion dollars, <laughs> what's your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? It can be anything. My honest truth. What's the example? I'm trying to. So, my what is my honest? That's oh, main, that my honest truth. I'm trying to understand the question. What is your honest truth that has led you on a path to success in maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Is it being, you know, balanced in your work and personal life? Is it? Hustling? My honest truth is that I can't be actually present for anybody else. And until I'm present for myself. Yes. And so the reason that I, the reason that I work out is because I'm a hundred times better of a human. <laughs> I have a better attitude. I'm a nicer person. I, I can like actually think straight. I, I, I can be more energized. And so I, I always just think about me being able to care for myself first. And then I can, then I'm able to care and amplify my care for others. I completely 100% agree. It's like that whole airplane scenario. You know, put your face mask on first and then put on your baby's face mask. Right? That's so, great. thank you so much for being on the JBH podcast. I 
seriously am entirely grateful. I am so grateful that I was able to experience one of your events. I hope I get to go to more and be a little ant on the wall and just... <laughs> I feel like I'm a little puppy dog when I'm there because I'm so short and I just wander around. I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. What is this? You know? So I'm excited to explore more with you. Um, I'm also really excited to share your information in the show notes so people can connect up with you. If there are any entrepreneurs out there that want to apply to be part of one of your summits or your apple store of trade shows um they can certainly apply connect up with you watch your instagram stories and just uh get on the newsletter list because i always love getting your emails i'm like oh what's this what's going on so megan thank you so much thank you and i hope to have i hope to have you on again when you have blasted out all those things that you told us you were working on because we have much more to share apparently (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So, guys, it's Monday, and every Monday we have a new Just Being Honest podcast coming out, streaming on Spotify, iTunes, and all that fun jazz, wherever you get your podcasts. So, guys, it's been so much fun, but I gotta let you go. Until next time, peace, love, kiss, kiss, hug, hug, ciao.